What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It is good to be with you. Uh, If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, You can go to dadtired.com and click the community tab. That will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook with uh, thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. We'd love to have you come be part of that group. Come hang out with us there. Uh, If you haven't picked up the devotional yet, you should. Uh, It's called Stop Behaving. It's a 28-day devotional for men. Uh, The whole point of the devotional is that we would stop like just trying to follow a bunch of rules and kind of manage our behavior. But instead, um, change doesn't come from change. Our change uh, doesn't come from just managing our behavior, but a changed heart. And only Jesus can change our heart. And so the devotional is really a reminder of who you are, who God is, what God's done in your life, and what the gospel looks like. It's good news for you. And so we hope that as we remind you of these good things, that Jesus will change your heart and uh, you'll become the guy, the husband, the man that God has designed you to be. So if you haven't picked up the devotional, you can go to dadtired.com pick up the devotional there. Uh, Today, I've got John Acuff on the podcast. You've probably heard of John Acuff. He's all over the place. He's a huge name. He's the New York Times bestseller of six books, including his most recent book, uh, which we're going to talk a lot about today called Finish. Uh, And the tagline is give yourself the gift of done. He talks about accomplishing your goals. And um, for us specifically, he talks about what that looks like as a husband, as a dad, as a man. So it's a really great interview. If you haven't heard of John Acuff, for the two of you that haven't heard of John Acuff, he's worked with brands like Home Depot, Bose, Staples, Comedy Central, Forbes Magazine, Magazine, Microsoft, Nissan, uh, the Dave Ramsey Show. I mean, the guy's like done everything. He's been on CNN, Fox News, Good Day, everything. So he, I mean, he's just like, he's a really big deal. Um, the fact that he even took the time to hang out with us today and talk about his new book and specifically like what that looks like um, for us as men is really, really helpful. So uh, anyway, I'll save our time uh, in this introduction and just get right to it. So without further ado, here's my interview with John Acuff. All right, John, thanks for coming on, man. I just gave you a short introduction, but in your own words, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Um, yeah, I'm a dad of two girls. I've uh, been married for um, 16 years. I live in Nashville, and I write books for a living. That's awesome, man. What, so you, you just recently wrote a book that's about to release, and by the time this podcast airs, I think it'll release, this episode will release the same week your book releases. So tell us oh, about your new book. Yeah, so I wrote a book called Finish. Um, and basically what happened was... I wrote a book called Start a few years ago about starting things, and a bunch of people came up to me and said, hey, no offense, I like your book, but I've never had a problem starting. I start a million things. How do I actually finish something? And I thought that was a very great question, Um, and I didn't have an answer, and I needed an answer for my own life, and 92% of resolutions fail. So it's an epidemic, um, and it's only getting harder as our devices get more distracting. Um, So I worked with a researcher from the University of Memphis, and we studied 900 people over a six-month period that were working on goals to figure out conclusively what does it take to actually finish. Yeah, and what, what, what kinds of things did you learn in that process through your research? What kinds of things stuck out to you, surprised you? Um, I think one of the things was how important fun is. Um, we often 
The problem is when we start a new goal, we come up with some noble thing. So if you're going to read more books, you're like, I'll start with War and Peace. Or people tell me they're going to get in shape. And I go, great, how? And they go, I'm going to run. And I go, do you like running? And they go, no, that's how I know it counts. <laughs> and so we have this idea that for a goal to be worthy, it has to be miserable or difficult. And so what the research showed us, though, is that if you are deliberate about making it fun, you're 40 six percent more successful wow so that was that was real that one that stuck out to me as like wow that's that's really fascinating that's not what i that's not what i've expected and honestly it's not what you're taught in a lot of goal setting stuff right so we've got a lot of guys that listen to the podcast there a lot of young husbands and dads our, our kind of main audience is 25 to 35 year old Right. Young, young guys. Um, a lot of those guys are trying their best. As you know, our podcast is we're, we're a Christian uh, podcast trying to help guys fall in love with Jesus and lead their families. And so I see all the time we've got a little online community and I see all the time where these guys w- will say things like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to step up as the leader of my family. Uh, I'm going to read the Bible every night with my kids or pray every day with my wife. Uh, and then usually those guys come back four days later like, dude, I screwed up. I, I failed already. Uh, I only got four days into this and I'm already failing. Um, you talk a little bit about that in the, in the book, but what would you say to the guy that's like trying to set these ambitious goals to lead their family um, every day and yet feels like they're, they, they just can't seem to get through a week of it? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd first say like, good for you. Like it's, it's a great, you know, I'd, I'd honor the desire because I think that's great. And it's, you know, it's, it's rare these days. Um, but I would caution the aggressiveness of the goal. Um, a lot of times we fail before we've started by picking a goal that's too big. So it's so funny to think, you know, it, it's like, again, back to exercise. When people tell me they're going to run, I'll go, what are you going to do? And they say, well, I'm going to do a marathon. And I go, well, have you done a half marathon or a 5K or even a single K? And so the idea of a dad saying, I haven't read my kids the Bible all year, but starting tomorrow, I'm going to do it every day forever. Like, of course that fails. Yeah, That's insanity. Um, and in the same way that you wouldn't say, I've never been a bicyclist, but starting tomorrow, I'm going to ride 100 miles every day. Like, we wouldn't say that. But sometimes when it comes to family goals, we have a hard time being honest about our limitations. So if I, you know, to that, that I would say, great for you having a big goal, Work your way up there. I would. I'm not saying don't read every night to your kid. I'm just saying you're not going to do it right out of the gate perfectly. Why would you? I would say if let's say you haven't read to your kid for the first nine months of the year, if you decide I'm going to read once a week to them, and you do that four weeks in a row, that's infinitely more than it has been before. Why can't we be okay with that? And then move to two times a week, and then three times a week. I just a measured pace uh, is more sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things you talk about is like one of the, the, the hindrances and people finishing their goals is this idea of perfectionism. You talk a lot about perfectionism and the, the, our desire to be perfect in our goals. Like what, what do you think is behind uh, just humanity's desire for perfectionism or the, the desire to be perfect in everything we do? Well, I mean, I think we're, we're afraid to, to admit we're, we're flawed or that we make mistakes. Um, and so we tend to grade ourselves on a all or nothing uh, basis. Um, and by all or nothing, I mean it's either perfect or it doesn't count. And you see people do that where they say, okay, um, I'm going to run five miles every day. And then if they only have time for three that day, they don't do any. Yeah. Um, another thing about perfectionism that's interesting 
So a lot of perfectionists have messy cars. And you go, what? That doesn't make any sense. I thought they're type A. They are, but unless they can clean it with a toothbrush down to every inch, they won't even start. So I think it's the same thing across all goals. Um, You know, I think our desire to be perfect is is often a desire to, you know, not need other people or Mm. to not be vulnerable um, or to not be weak. You know, all the Mm. things, especially then you add like masculinity to that. Like I think men struggle with that just like everybody else. And then there's also the comparison factor. Um, you know, 20 years ago, um, I couldn't compare my parenting to somebody across the street mm-hmm. or somebody across the world. Now, because of social media, I can compare myself to everybody. And that may, you know, that adds to, um, you know, that adds to this sense of mom guilt or dad guilt yeah. or, competitiveness. So I think it's a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, as I was reading your book, I was laughing for multiple reasons. The book is hilarious as you, as you wrote it. But one of the things I was laughing at is, uh, my wife and I set a goal last year to have a hundred people in our home for dinner. Uh, and the, the heart behind that goal was we just, the year before that we felt really isolated. Like we had just kind of removed ourselves from friends and community. And so we're like, you know, this next year, let's have a hundred people, let's host a hundred people over for dinner and we would take uh, every time someone would come over we'd take a picture with them and put it up on our wall so we could remember all the people we had over and at the end of the year at the end of last year we uh, I think we got through like 60 and I was stoked I was like we had 60 people in our house last year like hosting for dinner that's amazing and my wife who's more of a perfectionist was like bummed she's like we didn't hit our goal you know like (laughs) was this a huge waste of time and I thought it was interesting how we you know two people came at the exact same goal but had totally different mindsets in that and what in my mind I was like you know we last year we didn't have anyone over now we had 60 people over which seems like a huge progress but in her mind it was like well we didn't hit our goal so uh, I guess we'll have to try again or set a different goal. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the danger is that you lose sight of celebrating the 60. Mm-hmm. I mean, 60 is a ton. Mm-hmm. 60 is once a week on average. That's great. Yeah. Like, that's that's a real thing. But you're right. The perfectionism gets in the way of that. What about the dad that's like, uh, you know, he's he's in his 30s. He's married. He's kind of settled into marriage. He's got a couple kids. He's working 40 to 60 hours a week. Um, this might speak more to your, your book, Start, but uh, like – we're talking about goals right now and he's thinking like, what do you, I don't even have goals. How do you, how do you have goals when you're like just trying to change diapers and survive through the week? Uh, he's basically given up on any dreams that he's had and kind of just putting his head down and running. What would you say to that guy for starting to like kind of rekindling maybe past goals or starting to dream again? Well, I mean, I, I think that part of it, I, I would give him some grace um, in that this might not be the season where you get to do a lot of other stuff. And that's not failure. That's reality. You know, I, I meet young dads all the time that say, oh, I'm not working on my goal hard enough. And I'll say, well, tell me about your family. And they'll say, well, I have two twin four month olds and a six year old. And I go, are you kidding me? Like, you're lucky you got dressed today. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm just I'm not of the like, I think it's foolish to pretend every season is the same. Hmm. Um, I have a 14 year old and an almost 12 year old. I have a lot more freedom than I did when they were four and two. Mm-hmm. It's not because I've figured out some path or I'm more dedicated or I'm not lazy, you know, however you want to say it. It's because I can, you know, we can leave them home alone while we walk around the neighborhood, my wife and I. Yeah. So does that mean like, so I think the, the first thing is always 
be cognizant and enjoy the season you're in. Um, and then I think that, you know, once you get past that, then you can go, okay, well, what is something I really enjoy doing that maybe I haven't done in a while? Um, and I, I, you know, I never want dads to blame their kids for not chasing dreams they're excited about. I think that's, that's a terrible thing that happens is they go, Oh, I just, you know, it's my kid's fault. And, and you know, what a, what a terrible position to put your kids in. Like it's their, it's their fault that you're not being brave. Like, no, that's just you not being brave. Right. Right. It's cool to watch you on social media because you, you it, it seems like you have a really cool and uh, just a great relationship with your daughters. It seems like they love you and really want to be around you. Uh, and I know you're a busy guy. You've got like tons of things going on. You're speaking, you're writing books, you're doing conferences and all that. Did, did you learn any tricks? You said, I think, what would you say, 12 and 14 is their ages. Like, did you learn any tricks over those years that you could pass on to us kind of rookie dads? for managing just time to be engaged with your kids, even while you're living such a busy schedule? Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think you just figure out things they enjoy and then you, and you kind of get involved with them, you know? So yesterday, um, my daughter wanted to, uh, she wants to start a YouTube channel. And so we went on a walk to talk about it, Hmm. you know? And so I think it's not, you just have to remember, it's not all huge things. It's a lot of little things too. So then my other daughter came with me to the grocery store because we needed something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, do those, tw- are those 20 minutes massive? Like maybe not on the surface, but that's the kind of stuff that adds up over, over time. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd say like, cause you know how it is with dads. You think, Oh, I got to hit a home run every time. I got to take them to an amusement park. I got to plan some trip. And a lot of times it's just being finding small ways that you can say, Hey, let's, let's connect on this. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think I think you have to look for the small stuff too. Yeah, and you may have just answered this next question in that answer, but uh, I know you're you're doing all kinds of stuff online and social media. But you, I saw that once a week you're you're starting to post a parenting tip. Do you have any good parenting tips, like one or two that sticks out to you that you could pass on to our audience? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality for a lot of people's job is that they have to travel. Um, you know, like more and more jobs require some degree of travel. And I think this is my wife's idea, not mine. I was, when I initially started travel, I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I have to go. I love you. This is so hard. I'm going to miss the game, whatever. And my wife eventually said, you're make, you're asking them to hold your shame and sadness. She said, they're, they don't even know to be sad. Like Mm. kids will reflect your emotions. Mm. So she said, stop doing that. Stop making it a big deal. Just, this is part of your job. So when you leave, go, Hey, I'll see you on Tuesday. It's going to be great. You know? And, and that changed the, so a lot of parents like dads are like, this is the worst part. I'm gone for two days. Like it's just such a dumb thing to do. Um, and, and on the flip side, when we get to go to Disney or when, you know, when we get to do fun stuff, I say, the reason I get to do this is because of my job. Or if I'm home at two o'clock in the afternoon, I say, Hey, the reason I get to be home at two o'clock in the afternoon is because this fall, I'm going to be busy marketing a book. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's really fascinating to me, so I'm a, you know, I've got a book coming out or books out now. Um, I'll do, a, I'll do like a 12 city tour probably. And I'll do a bunch of speaking engagements. And I asked my wife today, how many nights do you think I'll be gone between now and the end of the year? So really what we're saying is in the next four months, September, October, November, December, how many nights do you think I'll be gone? And she said 60. And the number is 22. Hmm. So just keeping the reality of like, it's not like, I'm, I'm pretty cool with that. 22 out of 120, like, 
on online my schedule look like oh, I'm crazy. I'm always gone. The reality is not that. Yeah. yeah. And it, going back to the first tip that you gave there, I was thinking, I heard someone talk about one time that, that we set the temperature of the house, like we're the thermostat in the house. And, and that's kind of uh, what you were speaking to as, as you kind of get to set the perspective for your kids. We're, we're foster parents and we just had a foster daughter with us. And then she went home after two and a half months and it was really hard for us. And we were talking, my wife and I were talking through like, how do we uh, talk to our kids about this and it's going to be really hard for them. It's, this is a really sad thing. And I was thinking like, we can make this whatever we want it to be. You know, we could, we can approach them yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be the worst, saddest day of your life. Uh, or, uh, flip it around and be like, how cool is it that she gets to go home and she gets to be back with her mommy and daddy. And, uh, we got to love on her for two and a half. Yeah. So, and that was the goal. Yeah. 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 So, uh, one of, one of the first ways that I was exposed to you was through your, your blog, Stuff Christians Like, which uh, sure. f- for our listeners, if they haven't heard that, you need to go read that. Uh, can, can you give us an example of uh, some things that Christians like? What are some, what's some stuff Christians like? Yeah, so um, I'm trying to think. You know, so the, the blog was just like a satire. Right. Um, and so I would say like – um, one of the things was like not interlinking your fingers when we hold hands with a stranger to pray. Like if the pastors like hold hands, like I, we're not on a date right? Um, and I don't need a goodbye squeeze at the end. Um, <laughs> another one was wishing you had a shirt that said, I direct deposit my tithe so that you could wear it at church. Because on Sunday morning, if you give online, nobody knows that it right. just looks, you hate Jesus because you're never giving. And so the the site was just like really silly stuff like that. And it was fun. I did it for like six years, but it, eventually it was like, I've done the same concept for six years. Like it's a little thin at this point. Yeah. Was that how you started or did you have something going on before that? No, that was, I mean, I blogged before that for like a year, but nothing of that size. Like that was the site that just like, for whatever reason, just took off. And so that was kind of my entry into getting to do this stuff yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, dude, I, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. Uh, for Oh, this is super easy. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, you flew through my questions, man. Typically I, uh, I go, I've got like six or seven questions ready to go. And then I get through like two of them because guys just, how uh, long is your podcast usually normally 20 to 25 minutes, 25. Yeah. I think that's a good length. Yeah. I, there's some dude that are like 90 and it's like, I don't know, dude, that's like, unless you're Bono, like 90 <laughs> minutes, right. like that's pretty, pretty, pretty long. And we've, so. got, we've got busy guys, man. They're just like, they're, they're, commuting to work real quick and trying to squeeze this in or whatever. So yeah, I think that's smart. I, I mean, I, I genuinely think that's a, that's a good time frame. I think, you know, it's helpful to people and it, you know, hopefully it's something that's, that's interested, but yeah, I guess I'd say <clears throat> my big thing with why do I think a dad should read my book finish yeah. is because I think as parents, we're supposed to dream with our kids and for our kids. Hmm. So with is, with is my daughter saying, I want to do a YouTube channel and me walking around with her and saying, okay, what's your small goal and what's your crazy goal? Mm. And so she thought about it and said, okay, my small goal would be like, I do makeup reviews and then like a makeup store sends me free makeup. Mm. Like that would be her dream. Like mm. the idea that like Lush sent her a bath bomb would like, that would be the greatest thing ever. Right. And I was like, well, what's your huge dream? And we talked about it and the huge dream would be I make money that I can apply to college tuition. Mm-hmm. And so like that's dreaming with, dreaming for is having plans to say, 
I'm going to go on one daddy daughter date once a month. Like, or I'm going to, the problem is every dad who works in corporate America has a set of goals that he's held to. There's no natural goals in parenting. Mm -hmm. Like we think it's so funny. We're so structured in our week at work. And then at home, we hope it happens organically or naturally. And that's just not how life goes. And it goes quickly. Like I know that's a cliche, but I have five summers left with my oldest daughter. Like that's a crazy thing to me. And so, so that's why, you know, I think a lot of times we do a poor job of applying goal setting to our parenting approach. And so I would just challenge every dad listening, like don't see finish as a goal book that just goes, ah, it helps me lose weight or write a book or start a business. I think parenting goals are some of the most important goals in the world. And I would challenge, I, I, I almost promise most of the listeners don't have a set of goals around parenting. They started in January and still working on. Right. Uh, and so my hope is that parents will go, Oh wow, this book helps me be a better dad because it focuses me on, it teaches me how to dream with my kid and for my kid. Yeah, that's great, man. And one of the things I say a lot is that we, uh, like spending time with your wife, spending time with your kids is not a matter of time, but intentionality. And what you were just saying in corporate America, we're we're really good at setting our objectives and goals for business, but we very rarely take that kind of intentionality into our home. And I agree with you. I read your book and, and I agree that putting those like you, you're using data you're not just kind of giving emotional thoughts here you're, you're using actual data to like back up um the claim well i mean but think about that conversation i told you i had with my wife about how many days i was going to be gone yeah. that reframed that was just data that was me spending 10 minutes to make a list and you know like one of the things that spouses love is when you don't surprise them in the wrong way. Like my wife is okay with travel, but she's not okay if it's a Thursday and I go, Oh, by the way, I'm going to DC tomorrow for two days. Like that's not. So my job as the one who travels is to say, Hey, heads up. Like remember in two weeks, I'm going to be out in the West coast. And it's like one of those trips is longer. Like, or I I said to her just the other day, I got a gig between gigs. And so I said, look, I'm going to fly home at 9 p.m. and fly back out the next day, or I could just add another gig in the middle and and not come home for 12 hours. And she was like, well, that's worth the money. Like, just go do the other gig. It'll just be one of those crazy weeks, and we'll be fine. Yeah. And so like, oh, great. Like, So it's stuff like that that I think you have to be deliberate about. Yeah. How can guys uh, – how can, how can we connect with you? You've got, you've got all kinds of social media channels, but tell us how we can connect with you. Yeah. So the best way is, um, you know, pick up a copy of finish, um, at Amazon, a local bookstore, wherever, wherever you get books. Um, and then online, I'm just acuff.me, which is a C U F F dot me. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm John J O N, um, acuff. And so that, those are probably the best ways. And then as far as my parenting ideas, you, you mentioned that, yeah, once a week I share an idea about parenting. Um, I think one of the recent ones was about like to make parents hate you, be the guy who doesn't drive in the carpool. Like parents can't stand when there's like four kids and one parent never takes a turn. Like we hate that parent. Yeah. Like and I'm not talking about like it's a single mom and she can't do it because she's got a baby at home. I'm talking about the dad who's just like, no, you serve me. I'll ignore contributing like that person sucks. <laughs> and so it's really honest stuff about parenting. If you go to acuff.me slash parents, it's just a free once a week idea. Dude, awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, That was easy, dude. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 